10, 5, he's into the end zone, touchdown Arkansas State. Deflected into the hands of Feltz, Avery for three, hits, cover is safe, the Red Wolves have walked it off. Welcome to the Second to None Podcast, the A-State Podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. Now, here's a couple of guys who know the Red Wolves like no one else. Matt Stoltz and Brad Bobo. And we welcome you into the very first edition of the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank here in 2023. Happy New Year, everybody. We've got a special guest coming in studio in the next few minutes. Looking forward to visiting with our buddy Caleb Fields. Caleb has been uh, hitting some milestones of late. In fact, just this past Saturday against ULM, became the 30th player in A-State history to hit 1,000 career points. He's also fourth already on the all-time assist list for the Red Wolves, but looking forward to visiting with Caleb. Meanwhile, the basketball teams opened up conference play this past week, and the men got off to a really nice start Thursday. They traveled to Norfolk, took on Old Dominion, an Old Dominion team that, by the way, had won 10 consecutive home games dating back to last year. This is a tough place to play, averaging over 5,000 fans a game. The crowd in full force at Old Dominion, but our guys came in, played really well, and it, it really started on the defensive end. Not many times do you hear about a team holding an opponent under 20% for an entire half, but the Red Wolves did that, held them to 19% shooting in the first half of that game. By the way, is there a place still called the Convocation Center? No, no. Chartway Arena. Okay, because I, I went to Old Dominion one time with the men's basketball team. That's and right. They played in the Convocation Center. 06, I remember you went because I was with football, and you actually called three games, three games there, yeah. right? Uh, against uh, Old Dominion and Clemson, and I can't remember who else, but those were the Old Dominion was hosting, and A State played Clemson in the season. Monmouth, I think. I was think in that, that might be right, yeah. A State holds Old Dominion to 19% shooting in the first half. First time that A State has held an opponent under 20% shooting in a half since 2014. Omar El Sheik with a great performance in this one. 18 points, 13 rebounds, and three block shots. And the Red Wolves led by as many as 14 in the second half. Now, Old Dominion did make a run. They cut it down to two. But Avery Feltz hit a big layup down the stretch, put him up two scores again. And A-State was able to hold him off to go to 1-0 and in conference play. And especially when you're able to go into an environment like that and get it done, it, it Seemed to be, at the time, a big confidence boost. Yeah, and how about, you know, Omar? He had the monster game against Little Rock. Yeah. Which would have been even more monstrous if he could hit a free throw. That's right. What was he, 3 of 10 against Little Rock? And then he goes 10 of 14 in the win at Old Dominion. So, you know, he, he only takes eight shots and scores 18 points. In the Little Rock and Old Dominion games combined, Omar drew 18 fouls he drew 10 fouls against little rock and eight against old dominion so that tells you that he is getting to the line a lot and it was good to see him take advantage of those opportunities in the game thursday but the red wolves with that win over old dominion had won four in a row and they were returning home to take on ulm saturday and the warhawks were feeling good about themselves they went into san marcus on thursday and knocked off the two-time defending conference champions they beat texas state 57 to 53 what's going on down there i wonder at texas state yeah they 
still do have Mason Harrell, who's one of the better players in the league. You know, they got some headlines. And look, I mean, it's it it is what it is. I mean, they're going to come in here, and I'm sure they'll be plenty good. But, you know, they did lose to a D three at home earlier in the season. The Warhawks in that game at Texas State shot 29 percent and won on the road. Oh. <laughs> Now, they held Texas State to 30%, but they won that game 57-53. In eight overtimes? You would think so. (laughs) And then ULM comes in to our place on Saturday, and they could not miss. They shot 59% in the first half, 54% for the game. But they were 12 of 21 from three the other day. And anytime you give up 12 threes, it's going to be tough to win and the red wolves fall short 84 72 yeah it just uh, just drive you crazy because you felt like you're playing catch up all day long and you'd get them reeled in and then they'd hit some shot i mean coach Pilato, i guarantee if they want to and they probably don't but if you're just looking for something to kind of give your to not let your guys kind of hang their head about i guarantee you could go to that ulm game and put together an entire reel of shots they hit that you were glad they took pull up threes fadeaways over somebody. I mean, they, every time they needed to sling some shot in, they threw some shot in. Yes. ULM hit some shots that they probably don't make on a normal basis, but the defense was not at the same level. It was at old dominion two nights before. And Mike Bellato was very frustrated with the defense he saw and, ULM was able to take advantage of that. They score 84 points. They shoot 54% for the game. And the Red Wolves see their four-game win streak come to an end. Now, Omar El-Sheikh, his third straight double-double in the losing effort, his fifth double-double of the year. He finished with 18 points and 15 boards. But the Red Wolves fall to 9-6 and six overall. They're now 1-1 one and one in Sunbelt Conference play. We shot 51% in that game. Yeah. It's not like the Red Wolves shot poorly, but ULM was just fantastic. Yeah, they sure were. They hit some shots now. Could not miss most of the day. The women, with a tough start to conference play, they were on the road for a couple of games. And it started Thursday in Monroe. Coach Rogers' team had to go without leading scorer Izzy Higginbottom. She was out with an injury, but uh, so was Leilani Ogman, at least in the game on Thursday. And from what I understand, this had more to do with travel issues than anything else. Yeah, I heard that too, that uh, while everybody was coming in for Christmas break, Leilani spent a lot of time in airports. And one story I heard said she got to Monroe at about game time Yeah, and hadn't practiced, hadn't gone through any of the you know, preps, so she didn't play in that game. As you mentioned, you know, Izzy missed both games on the weekends. So right top, you're, not, you're, you're playing without, you know, your leading scorer, kind of the person that has had the ball in their hands the most. And then all of a sudden, you know, Leilani, who's just kind of worked herself into the rotation, is not there. So two people down trying to just figure stuff out. And it's a similar type deal. I just kind of watching the scores of this one as it progressed. Just sort of played from behind all night. And all of a sudden, you'd see a little spurt where that margin got cut down. you think, well, all right, I'm fixing to get over the top here. And then you'd look and Monroe had managed to push it up to 10 or so again. ULM won the game 81-66. to Lauren Pendleton did have a double-double in that one. She finished with 22 points and 11 rebounds. And then this is not an easy trip. You go Friday Golly. from Monroe down to Statesboro, Georgia. You play an early afternoon game on Saturday. 
And Georgia Southern able to win that one, 99-86. to 86. Izzy Higginbottom once again was out. Now, So was Malin Wilkerson. Malin Wilkerson was out. Leilani Ogman was back for this game. She was one of five Red Wolves to score in double figures. Lauren Pendleton with 24.6 rebounds. Jade Upshaw had 20 points. But now the women at 0-2 in league play will try to bounce back this week. Yeah, and hopefully they can do that, and hopefully get a little bit healthier too. Yeah, that's the big thing. Get healthy because I mean, you know, now you you went basically without two starters for each of the first two games on the road, and you talk about defensive issues. I mean, you gave up an average of ninety points a game. Yeah, which is not like I mean, we know this team is fine in a higher scoring game because they averaged they scored seventy six points a game themselves. Missing two, you know, without two starters each game, they still scored seventy six points a game. But defensively, obviously, I'm sure Coach Rogers not happy with a lot of what she saw on opening weekend of conference play. We'll take a look at the week ahead for both the men and the women a little bit later on in the program. But coming up next, we'll be joined in studio by A-State point guard Caleb Fields. Stay tuned for that. When we play today, we win something bigger than ribbons or trophies. We win our tomorrows. Wherever we play, Wherever we fight, wherever we overcome odds, we're winning our way. Simmons Bank is committed to supporting women athletes in the communities we serve and are proud to be an official sponsor of A-State Women's Athletics. Not just for a season, but for a winning future. Seasons are short, but fierce is forever. Simmons Bank, member FDIC. And we welcome you back into the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. Joined now by... Fourth-year junior point guard out of Lewisburg, Tennessee. It's Caleb Fields joining us in studio. How you doing, Caleb? No, I'm good. Appreciate you for having me. Well, it's good to have you here, and you've hit a couple of milestones here lately. And Just this past Saturday against ULM became the 30th player in A-State history to hit 1,000 points for your career. Congratulations on that. But in the homestand before that, I think it was the Little Rock game, you moved in one game, you moved from seventh to fourth on the career assist list at Arkansas State. And I remember I interviewed you right after the game and your comment was, hey, I I really don't get into stats too much, but moving into the top five assist list was kind of special for you. Talk about that. What what did that mean to you? I mean, that's a part of my game, just getting my teammates involved. So, I mean, reaching the you know fourth place in school history for assists is, I mean, that's pretty that's pretty good. So, I mean, I'm proud of myself, and I thank my teammates for it. We joked off the air, but it, it goes along with what we said that the assist part you think is neat. You don't pay much attention to the points. So, I, I it seemed like in that game against ULM, he was just going to try to move higher in the top five and assists that day without getting his 1,000th career point. He came in with 998. It had seven assists in the first half, no points, because I don't think you took a shot. I mean, I was like, and I am telling you, because we had a, you know, a graphic ready and a PA announcement ready as soon as you got to 1,000 points. I'm like, this dude's never going to take a shot. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I told y'all, I was just, you know, getting my teammates involved like I love to do, and they was knocking down their shots for me, so. I guess I was moving up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, he was lighting that assist stand up like a, you know, it was moving like a slot machine, but that point just kept sitting on zero. The guys in front of you are Chico Fletcher, Carl Archer, and Marquise Eaton. Chico and Carl 
A-State legends, and Marquise Eaton is way up there in pretty much every category now, and you played with him for three years. Now, he's the next person to pass. Are you going to let Marquise know about it when when you pass him for third on the list? <laughs> no, I saw it on there. I, I might not let him know about it, but it would be good to pass him on there. Though. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've been here four years now, and you and I have talked about it, just the fact that you don't see it as much anymore where a class – has so many guys that have been together as long as you guys have. But, look, Avery's been here four years. Avery Feltz is a fourth-year sophomore. Malcolm Farrington is a fourth-year sophomore. Antoine Jackson is a, a junior like you, but he's a fourth-year guy, and he's actually redshirting this year because of his injury. But the four of you have been together a, a long time now. Talk about uh, this particular class and the way you guys have kind of come along together I mean, yeah like you said we came in together so i mean i love those guys they're my brothers our chemistry is just unmatched so it's good having them on the court you know go home every day in the same room for four four years now so it's good having those guys around and like you said they're fourth year sophomores so they're gonna continue <laughs> to be here that's <laughs> it's still so weird to just say that and of course you're a fourth year junior you've played every year but mm. Of course, you got the additional year because of COVID. So you've been here a while. You do have another year after this year. But I talk about the relationships you have with your teammates, but also the relationships you built with this coaching staff, and in particular, Coach Bellato. And I know he has an immense amount of respect for you and your game and, and your leadership, what you bring to the table every time out. But talk about just your relationship with him and how it's grown over the years. I mean, during the summertime, I just always be in his office, just you know, just walk in there and say what's up, or just talk basketball. Before the season started, I go in there every day, whether it's just to talk basketball, practices, you know, teams and practice, just little stuff. So he's helped me a lot with my game, my leadership. I mean, when I got here, I probably wouldn't say a word <laughs> in practice <laughs> as far as like leadership wise, and then I mean, he just helped me just evolve, you know, rather than just telling the, the guys good shot or, you know, good defense, just encouraging them. So I think he helped me a lot. A lot of that leadership comes from the position. And then, too, from your experience, I mean, like, you know, the game you scored, your 1,000th point on Saturday was your 99th career game you'd played in here at Arkansas State. So you were going to be in that uh, in a leadership spot regardless because you're the point guard and you played a lot of basketball. But then some things happened in the off season pretty quick where you guys would have been a team picked at or near the top of the league the transfer portal happens not just the roster changes but probably your role too in that does kind of tell me take us through that stretch of time and the roster sort of changing in front of your eyes and and how you decided your role was probably going to change with it I mean as far as leadership wise my role didn't change I mean it's always been like I guess you could say I was the I'm the point guard so I have to be a leader so I mean it hasn't changed I just spoke up more or just talk to the guys more. There's just some stuff that I wasn't doing that, say, Marquise Eden was doing last year or the years prior when he was here, that I would I just have to do that. I'm not the only one. You know, Davis, London, Omar, I mean, they've helped me as well, just like I was helping Keith. So, I mean, when everybody left and we got the new guys here, I mean, we gelled well. Everybody listens. You know, everybody knows who – to turn to, you know, the leader. So, I mean, yeah, my role changed, 
But, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with it. I love talking to the guys. I mean, this might be the closest team I've ever been a part of as far as everybody gelling well together. There's, like, the chemistry-wise, it's just everybody's together. Whether it might be two guys not with the team, you know, doing their own thing, but everybody else is together. And then, you know, I might be doing my own thing, but six or seven other guys is with each other upstairs in the room. So good to see how the guys gel well together. And, I mean, it helps us a lot on the court. How much did the trip to the Dominican help out with that? As far as getting to know each other, a lot. You know, the style of play was different over there. So we got to see, you know, I guess the toughness aspect of it because it was way different as far as fouls and screens, all that stuff over there. So it helped us out a lot. There was a tough stretch there in the non-conference, and I remember you guys kind of had a a turning point after the Air Force game, and uh, I know that was an embarrassing game for you guys going, and and not losing, but losing the way you did on Mm -hmm. the road. There was a very long team meeting right after the game, and, and I know you weren't really feeling that well at the end of the game, but there was a long team meeting in the locker room, and Coach Bilotto and I know you talked about it too at one point, said there wasn't any yelling. There was just a lot of communication. And after that team meeting, you guys went off and and won four games in a row. But what was it about that meeting that kind of changed the outlook of this team a little bit? I mean, it was just everybody telling each other how we felt. Coaching styles, we told him how we felt about our style of play. And we told him, don't not get on onto us when we're winning. Like, we was on the win streak before we just lost to ULM. And in practice, he got on to us because he didn't think we was being us, practicing as hard as we should be. And then after practice, he came to me and he was like, did I think it was justified? And I was like, yeah, that's what we we told you we wanted that in our team meeting. Mm-hmm. You did it. So, I mean, that's it's just staying on us, telling each other how we felt player-wise. That's all it was. We just had to find ourselves individually and then go out there and put it together as a team. Just telling each other how we felt about each other's game. Well, it, saying it is one thing, though. But mm-hmm. hoping that your teammates receive it, the coaches receive it the way that you intend it, is another thing. But it seemed like everybody did receive the message kind of the way they needed to. I think we play harder together, locking in to what Coach B says and tells us to do. Bringing it every day in practice. The results show you said it, it's it's interesting because you said this is the closest team you've played on, which is we we did talk about this group of four guys you've been with the whole time, but then everybody else basically was new. I mean, a whole team of newcomers that kind of in large part had to get put together pretty late in the process. So why is that? How is this team kind of put together at the last minute almost the closest team you've been a part of? I mean, just how we always together. Like I said, if I'm not with them, then they're still together. It's still eight people, six, seven people with each other. So, I mean, it's just that bond off the court. I mean, yeah, off the you know the last years I've been here, it was like that, but it was never eight people, nine people, you know, always together. It was always six, five, you know, four. But it's just everybody's together. Like if you see Terrence or Zay, you see – Dietrich, 
Davis, Nick. <laughs> like you'll see everybody together. So just always spending time off the court, it just it just helped us. You went on that four game win streak and the high point of that was the conference opener last week against Old Dominion and I could tell just from the intensity during shoot around that day you guys kind of you had a, a real good sense of the importance of the game playing on the road in a tough environment you could tell the team was kind of locked in defensively from the start in fact held them to 19 percent shooting in the first half of that game what was it that kind of clicked that night for you guys I just think we was all locked in we said conference opener we haven't run a game on the road yet. I mean, what better way would it, to open the conference with a road a road win that we haven't done all season? So, I mean, I think that that helped us out a lot. Us just knowing that we haven't went on the road yet. Now, you mentioned how Coach Bellato got on to the team during practice on Friday, leading up to the ULM game, and defensively, the effort didn't seem to be as good of a level as it did at Old Dominion two nights before. How do you guys kind of respond from here going going forward? I mean, just telling the guys that we all got to be locked in. It can't just be two or one or three players locked in. It has to be everybody defensively locked in and knowing what the coaches tell us to do. So, I mean, we just got to go into practice and just practice hard every day leading up to the game, listen to what they say, and just listen to the scouting report. Yeah, we we kind of jumped right in and, and skipped past some parts because – you're a little bit of a, a dying breed of, of a player that people can go to watch play college for the same team four or five years. Um, so back it up to kind of your recruitment and what got you to Arkansas State in the first place. Uh, Arkansas State was my first visit. When I came on my visit, it was more of a family vibe. You know, with all my coaches that I've had in my life, it was more like a brother to me or – could be my father, you know, just with our relationship. So when I came on my visit, that's just how I felt. That was the vibe I got. And they did a good job of putting me with people that helped me see that. I mean, that's why I chose here. Now, you're from Lewisburg, Tennessee, but when A-State found you, you were actually playing prep ball in Louisville, right? Mm -hmm. At Aspire Academy. Mm -hmm. Now, if I remember right, it was – was it Casey Stanley that, that yeah. kind of found you first? Mm -hmm. So he was here before. Then he goes to Iona for a couple of years. And now Casey Stanley is back on the staff. Mm -hmm. How's that been for you guys this year? I mean, just getting our relationship back. I mean, it, it ain't like it never left. But, you know, he left for a year. But, I mean, it was good. I talked to him every day when he was recruiting me. So that's my guy. So – Again, you, you get here, and I remember, and we talk about how, you know, you've talked a lot more as the leadership role has kind of grown over the years, but, you know, Coach Bellotto said from the start, and he's mentioned it a few times over the years, your mom's not exactly that way. She's pretty outspoken, right? Yeah. She tell, like, tell me about your mom. She speaks her mind. She don't care who hears it. Um, loving person. I mean, it's more of a – she's a really nice person, but once she has something on her mind, she's going to let you know about it. I'm more of a – I don't want to get too mad. I don't, <laughs> I'm going to get mad, and you might not know it, but I'll be mad. I won't say nothing, but she's more of a – you'll know when she's mad and she's going to let you hear about it type of person, but 
I love that about her. She always keeps me in check, you know, with school, just life in general. So that's my mom. <laughs> I guess as a point guard, you, you need to have a demeanor like that. I, I don't know, just watching you on the court, if I've noticed you mad at any point, your body language seems to be the same out there. I had to learn to keep my emotions in. Something y'all don't know about me. When I was in eighth grade, I used to have real bad panic attacks because I get so mad that I start to hyperventilate and I couldn't breathe. Mm. So it caused me to have panic attacks. So you would know when I'm, I was mad back then. So now leading up to you know eighth grade, high school, I had to learn how to bottle in my emotions. So that's why I just, if I get mad, you, just, you won't know it because I know how to control it now. Yeah. But back then. That's something you had to learn, though. Mm-hmm. I led the hospital trips, ambulance rides. Did you find it happening on the floor? Mm-hmm. I had it. I remember, I ain't going to say who was playing, but like they elbowed me. And then, you know, as you play basketball, you get tired. Then I'm mad and I couldn't breathe. So I just find myself on the bench mad, hyperventilating, and I can't breathe because I'm mad. And it was just too much money to being spent in the hospital trips and all that. So they were telling me, like, you got to learn how to control your emotions. You know, if you get mad. Now if I get mad, I, I can't tell y'all what I do. But <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I'm able to control it now. So I'm good. <laughs> so you know, you've held this thing down. I mean, you and you've had really a really, really nice career and a lot of ball to play. And in theory, kind of the guy you would hand this thing off to, at the point guard spots, Terrence Ford has come in as, as a freshman on this team. Now, more and more, we just start to see you guys on the floor together. But sort of talk about where maybe Keith and some of those guys were the guards that put you under their wing early on, talk about kind of reversing the roles and, and having a young guy to bring along these days. I mean, I call him my twin, but, you know, that's we look similar, you know, if we have both have our hair twisted, we kind of look similar, you know, with the fro, whatever. But, I mean, as soon as he got here, we'd always just talk, you know, play against each other. So the same with Keese. Keese was my guy. If you saw Keese the years he was here, you saw me. And, you know, we would just talk, play against each other, battle it out in practice. Terrence had been doing. So, I mean, I just try to give him a little, little tricks here and there. He asked me questions. But – I mean, I think he's been playing well. I mean, you even see if I'm in the game, he'll have the ball instead of me. You know, just just little stuff like that. I think he controls the game. But, yeah, like I said, I think he's just been playing well. Just got to get his confidence. I thought one thing that kind of stood out, you know, he had 25 in the game against Little Rock. And in that game, I know your ankle was really bothering you a lot. And – in a lot of the situations where he was driving and attacking the basket, that's where you normally would be doing that. I'm sure your ankle was kind of holding you back, but to have a guy like Terrence in there being able to do the same thing that you normally would, that's a big plus for this team right now. We talked before the game. I was just telling him that, like, we're going to need you this game. Like, I can't do what I want to do. So, I mean, like, you're going to have to – Step it up this game, and that's what he did. It's no secret now with with the ankle. I know your wrist has been an issue, but doesn't seem to be an option for you. If if there's any way for you to be out there on the floor, 
you're going to find a way to play through the pain. I mean, I've been having issues with my ankle since I got here, so, but I'll never, if I can play, and the doctor said I can play, I'm going to play it on matter what's wrong with me, what's going on. I'm going to give the team 110%, regardless if I'm hurt, one foot, one arm, I'm going to do whatever it takes. What's life after basketball look like for you? Mm, just going to a field in accounting. That's what your parents do, right? My mom does. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, any interest in maybe coaching at some point? As of right now, no, I don't think I. <laughs> I don't think I do that right now. It, honestly, it's refreshing. It's awesome to hear to ask that question and have a young person have an answer to it because a, a lot of times you know it's the, the, people don't know what the answer is after they kind of chase playing you know now you i mean you you got it set up so are you gonna do the reverse do you, do you want to go play somewhere do you want to go overseas and play a little bit when college basketball's over or are you gonna get straight into being caleb d accountant i know i for sure want to go play uh, overseas or just play professional as long as i can and then after that, when the ball stops bouncing, then I'll do accounting or, you know, whatever God has for me at that time. But how nice is it to be equipped for something else? I mean, it's really good. I mean, that's a tribute to my mom and my dad just telling me to, you know, I have to have a fallback option or something else to do when the ball stops bouncing. Well, it's fun while the ball is yeah, still is. bouncing, watching you play, and congratulations on – all your accomplishments to this point. And, hey, we still got a long way to go in this season. Good luck the rest of the way. I appreciate it. That's Caleb Fields joining us here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. We've got more to come right after this. You raised your family here. Did every July 4th here refinish the floors here twice? Sized up your daughter's boyfriends here? Waited in the doorway all day when your son was coming home on leave. This place has given you all you've dreamed of, and now it's giving again in the form of a gourmet kitchen and the quietest dishwasher known to man. Realize your dream with a home equity line of credit from Simmons Bank. Dreams realized. SimmonsBank.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, subject to credit approval. Looking ahead to this week, the A-State men taking the Alabama road swing. They'll be in Mobile Thursday night taking on South Alabama. And then travel up the road to take on Troy Saturday at 4 what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, it, it was just when you said that, it kind of hit me. You know, for a long time in this league, you would think that Alabama swing wasn't a real fun one to take because even though they're in the same state, Troy and Mobile aren't that close to one another. You have a pretty decent little drive to get from one to the other. But now with some of the stuff people have to do in these week travel weekends, that one seems like a walk in the park. This trip and the Louisiana road swing with Lafayette and Monroe – really are the only easy road swings, if you want to call them that, on the schedule now. But that's what the Red Wolves are doing. Of course, they got the two on the road this week. Then they return home for four in a row after that. Meanwhile, the women are at home this week trying to pick up their first conference win Thursday night against Troy. Of course, Troy, a perennial power. 7 o'clock, the tip time for that one. And then App State will be in here Saturday at 2. You're going to see a bunch of points scored Thursday night, I predict. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, 
Yeah, I say that it'll be forty-two forty or something. But uh, these are both of these teams get it going. They they both like to be wide open, and uh, it'd be interesting to see what kind of game you see between A State and Troy. Hopefully, the Red Wolves get healthy. Like I said, they've you know for one reason or another played uh, shorthanded so far in conference play. So hopefully, they can get it right and uh, get in the win column Thursday night. All right. Anything we need to talk about before we get out of here today? We should tell them the card shop story here on the podcast. <laughs> All right. So I agree. We should tell them this story because this was December 23rd. Okay. Looking for a last minute gift for my dad for Christmas. My wife and I are pulling into, actually, we had gone to. The Jonesboro, Jonesboro Sports Cards and Memorabilia. That's right. And we go in there and we're talking with the owner in there, David Kellums. And after we get a couple of things in there, we're pulling out and you're pulling in. Yep. And I say, hey, there's Bobo. So I back up and roll down the window and going to say hello to you. And you see somebody else pull up <laughs> to the store. So what's on your mind at that point? Well, there wasn't like it was... You caught me off guard seeing you at the card shop to begin with. It wasn't a place I expected to run into. I'm not, I'm not a big collector. I was just looking for something yeah. cool for my dad for Christmas. And so, you know, it took me a second to register who was even kind of backing up and hollering at me. So once we did that, we talked. And then, and I didn't think much about it until I saw the other guy walk in. Because here's the deal. Over at Jonesboro Sports Cards and Mirabilia, they were doing a thing. You know, the weather had been bad. It was the Friday after the, the Little Rock game when the weather had come through. So they were kind of doing some viral marketing to to prod things along and they had said hey the fifth customer of the day is going to get this and the 10th customer of the day is going to get that and the 15th customer of the day is going to get an autographed jd mckissick jersey a washington jersey signed by jd mckissick very cool and I, and I actually had seen the jersey when i was inside the store and i thought man that's neat and so I had, i'd like to have i that. had joked with the uh, i told kellums via social media one time when he posted that that i was just gonna sit in the parking lot and wait till 14 people came in but i didn't do that and a matter of fact i went and actually looking for some pokemon cards to be honest with you that he did he was out so i thought well, i'll buy something and uh he had had he had a good sale going on some cards in a case that had already been graded and he and there was a jordan in there i didn't particularly need yeah or you know but still it was a good price, so already been graded. What the heck? We'll buy that Jordan card. I had told you, like, when we were talking in the parking lot, that because you didn't see this thing on their social media. That I did not. With the 15th customer. So when, when the fellow walked in while we were talking, I said, well, boy, I better hope that guy's not the 15th customer. Or you're going to kick my ass. Yeah, that's what that's you said. That is what I said. And and you had a good comeback. You said, well, if he's the... If he's the uh, 14th customer, then I can just kiss it instead of kick it. And I thought, well, that's on point. That's a good point. <laughs> that's right. And so I, I went there, was talking to David. I've known them a long time and uh, bought the Jordan card and this, that, and shooting the breeze. And in the back of my mind, I, I mean, I hadn't commented on it, but I knew I saw the jersey was still there. Mm-hmm. Hadn't said a word about it. So I, all right, give, give me this card. And he's ringing me up. And I was telling him, him the story about our interaction in the parking lot and he just kind of started smiling he said i wasn't gonna say anything to the very end i was gonna make you wait as long as i could wait but you really are the 15th customer today <laughs> you're actually the 15th and he one. said and he goes legit you are the 15th customer today 
And he went to the mannequin up there and pulled the J.D. McKissick jersey off and put it in my bag. And this was just what, uh, at this point, three days after I had kind of slipped my way in, uh, fortunately, to a signed Tyler Zuber jersey when Zuber was in town. Mm-hmm. So in the span of a week, I, I went from nothing to an autographed Tyler Zuber Royals jersey and an autographed J.D. McKissick Washington jersey. So... You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> that I was at the store and here's the you thing. were you were the fifteenth customer instead of the fourteenth. But here's the weird thing. For as short as that interaction was, the guy who went in in between there, it's almost like he never existed. He was not in there by the time I got in there, which wasn't very long. I don't know what happened to the guy. He was probably asking if he was the fifteenth yeah. customer. He was filling him out for some info. So anyway, yeah, so it was a good Christmas week for me before Christmas. I mean, I snagged a couple of a-State greats, signed jerseys. Thanks to our buddy Caleb Fields for coming in and hanging out with us today. Enjoyed that visit. Thanks to uh, Mark Taylor as well from A-State Sports Information for setting that up for us. For Brad, I'm Matt. Have a great week, everybody.